0: Welcome to the LFC Podcast, where our mission is to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. We're so glad you've tuned in, and we believe that God will speak to you today as you listen to this message. Happy Mother's Day. Um, I wish that I could tell you this was going to be a fluffy um, popcorn and candy unicorn and you know that kind of message. It's not. I just I just, I'm sorry, I couldn't get past it today. So here's the deal, moms, will you bear with me and know this, that you do have a cake pop waiting for you at the end of service, all right? So as you, if you get frustrated with me, just think of that beautiful cake pop you're going to get after church. So today we're going to look at a story in the Bible. It's not just a story; it's actually a real-life account. How many of you know that the Word of God is an account of things that have occurred in the past, or will occur in the future? And we're going to be in Second Samuel chapter twenty. But y'all should know me by now. I can't just start there. I've got to catch you up. I've got to get you up to speed to understand what is actually taking place. So we're in Second Samuel, and Second Samuel picks up after Saul's death. Do you Remember King Saul, he was the first king of Israel and he was also the mortal enemy of David. So Saul has died and David is mourning his death. Interesting. He's mourning the death of his mortal enemy. But things begin to go well for David and he unifies the tribes of Israel. So we have the Northern Kingdom of Israel and we have the Southern Kingdom of Judah. And David brings unity to Israel. He goes on to conquer Jerusalem and he makes Jerusalem Israel's capital. While he's there, he says to God, we've got a spot now. Can I make one for you? He says, God, I want to build you a temple. But God says, no, too much blood on your hands, too much bloodshed. You can't build me a temple. However, I'm going to build you a house. I'm gonna give you a dynasty, God promises him. And if you get to chapter seven of 2 Samuel, there's a promise that David, uh, God gives to David. And that is from his royal line, a future king will come whose kingdom will have no end. We're talking about Jesus. You may have heard him called the son of David or even the root of Jesse. Hold on to that. That's pretty powerful. This chapter, chapter seven of Second Samuel, it literally influences the entire storyline of the Bible. You might wanna go check that out at some point. But right here, right here in the middle of all of this divine blessing, something goes horribly wrong. And David makes a fatal mistake. You probably remember the story. David should have been at war, it was spring, but instead he's hanging out on his rooftop and he glances over and he sees Bathsheba bathing. And he sends someone to get her. He sleeps with her. She gets pregnant. Um, He tries to cover it all up. He uh, has Uriah set in the front of battle and he's assassinated. So he marries Bathsheba. It's horrible. It is just horrible. And so Nathan the prophet confronts David of his sin and David confesses, He owns up to what he's done, he's broken, he repents and he asks God to forgive him and God does. However, there are consequences to David's decisions. How many of you know that there are consequences to our decisions? And so as a result of what David did, his kingdom starts to fall apart. His family begins to fall apart. He has some sons and they begin to duplicate his behavior. Um, His oldest son Amnon abuses his sister and his son Absalom That makes him really mad. And so he plots and he has Amnon murdered. So these are siblings here, but David never really deals with the situation. How many of you know, sweeping it under the carpet and avoiding conflict, even in our family is not going to resolve or help a situation. That's where we are at. As a matter of fact, Absalom, ends up staging a coup that results in David's evacuation from Jerusalem with civil war looming. I'm sure that the march out of Jerusalem was one of the lowest points in King David's life. And after about four years, Absalom, his son, enters into the city as king. And one of the first things he does is he sleeps with his father's 10 concubines. That is bad news. Many would say that that's unforgivable. David is forced to hide in the wilderness, but he ends up regrouping. He ends up strategizing and he goes after Absalom. He's going to capture Absalom. And he says to his men, You go ahead and capture him, but please treat my son kindly, the love of a father. So Absalom retreats and he accidentally hangs himself on a tree. He had this long, beautiful flowing hair and he's riding his horse and his hair gets caught up in the tree and it hangs him and he gets finished off by Joab. Joab is the commander of David's army. And here's the thing, despite Absalom and everything that he had done against his father, David still mourns. He still mourns the loss of his son. Now this makes Joab mad. I mean, he has... Found this guy, he's caught this guy, he has dealt with this traitor, and you're mourning his loss. And so that makes David mad. And it confuses the troops. That confuses them. they were a little salty over what happened. And so here we are, and David goes back to Jerusalem and the Bible says he's accompanied by the men of Judah. Remember how we first started? Israel, Northern kingdom, Judah, Southern kingdom, unified by David, but here the Bible says that it was Judah that accompanied David back to Jerusalem and that made Israel jealous. That made that Northern, aren't we supposed to be unified? And you're picking the guys down south to take you back to Jerusalem. This doesn't make any sense. And it made him, made them mad. And we're gonna pick up right here in 2 Samuel 21. Are you with me? Do you understand there's division? There's division. And here's what's happening. Verse one of chapter 20 says this. And there happened to be there a rebel whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite. Stop. The King James Version called him a man of Belial and Belial means he's worthless, he's good for nothing, he's unprofitable, He's a base fellow, which means he is, he's motivated by what he feels like, when he feels like, and how he feels like. He's a base fellow. He's wicked. He is bringing to ruin. And this is interesting. This is what Strong's Concordance said. He constructs deconstruction. He constructs deconstruction. This is a rebel. This is a troublemaker. And his name is Sheba. And Sheba, picking back up in the scripture, he blew a trumpet and he said, we have no share in David, nor do we have an inheritance of the son of Jesse. In other words, he's saying he doesn't care about us. We have no share in David, no inheritance, nor do we have any part of this commoner's son. Notice he didn't say David the king, he said in Jesse's son. In other words, he's just common folk anyway. He's not of royal blood. We have no share in him. What good is he gonna do for us? He's trying to degrade him and set him lower than. Proverbs 16, 20 says, 27 says this, scoundrels create trouble and their words are a destructive blaze. How many of you know that words have power and you have the power to bless or you have the power to curse? And this troublemaker, Sheba, he was cursing and he was causing trouble and division. Every man to his tent, O Israel, he said. And so every man, every man of Israel deserted David and followed Sheba, the son of Bikri. I was fast. Every man, they were with David. Now they're against David. I say misery loves company, don't you? <laughs> and people run to extremes, don't they? They go from hot to cold, cold to hot in a minute. Just in the last chapter of 2 Samuel, the, Israel said, we have 10 parts in David. There's 10 tribes and we have, we're all in. This was just in chapter 19. And just here right around the corner and then near your next breath, they say, we have no part in him. We're for you, we're against you. We're for you, we're against you. And so these men aligned themselves. They had aligned themselves with Absalom. Remember Absalom, David's son created the coup, hung himself, finished off by Joab. This is Absalom. They had foolishly aligned themselves with him. Then they pledged their alliance to David. Remember they're bent out of shape because they didn't get to take him back to Jerusalem. They're been out of shape and now they've aligned themselves with Sheba. I find it very interesting that people are quick to follow the trend. They're quick to follow the trend. Did you guys know skinny jeans are heading out? Yeah, that's the trend right now. Skinny jeans, mm, out the door. How many of you say yes, amen? We're so glad. Now, some of you are just getting there. Some of you men are finally getting to the point where you're okay with wearing skinny jeans. Good news, athletic cut is where it's at. There are trends that we follow and we, we do them quick and boy, they know what they're doing, don't they? They know how to get our money and revamp our wardrobe and trends follow quickly. Then here's what doesn't move or shake, and that is the Word of God. It's true. It's solid. It doesn't waver with time. It doesn't get watered down just because we interpret it a little differently than what was intended to be. It will stand the test of time. Psalms 1, 4 said, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. That's a real fancy way of saying, line yourself up with the word of God and you will have a much better life. (laughs) There's a solid way to live. It's a straight and narrow path, but I promise you it's the one way that'll get you to heaven, the only way that will. Here's the thing about Sheba. He was a troublemaker. He was a traitor. He was a rebel. Remember in the very first verse that we read, it said that he was a Benjamite, which means he was from the tribe of Saul. Who was Saul? First king of Israel, David's mortal enemy. So perhaps, perhaps he had this ancient grudge that had rekindled or he was carrying on a grudge against the house of David. And so not only was he a troublemaker, he was a rebel with a curse. Yeah, things happen from generation to generation, y'all. And Sheba was carrying a curse from the line of, of Saul. Let's keep going. But the men of Judah from the Jordan as far as Jerusalem remained loyal to their king. Now David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten women, his concubines, whom he had left to keep the house. You remember who those concubines were? Remember? When Absalom went back into Jerusalem, these are the women, all right? He had left them at the house and he put them in seclusion and supported them, but he did not go into them. He did not uh, have intimacy with them is what that means. And so they were shut up to the day of their death, living in widowhood. Absalom caused a lot of damage. That's why it included that portion of scripture in This story, Absalom caused a lot of damage to David's house and to Israel. And remember, David didn't deal with that stuff back then. He didn't deal with Amnon and Tamar and Absalom and all that had happened within the siblings. He didn't deal with it. And so Absalom continued to rebel, but here we have David and he's beginning to deal with the issues. He's taking some uh, uh, responsibility and he's beginning to heal what Absalom had destroyed. But as bad as Absalom was, and as much trouble as he called, the Bible says in verse six, that Sheba will do more harm than Absalom. Sheba will do more harm than Absalom. So he initiates a plan And while David is working out his plan, Sheba passes through all the tribes of Israel and he lands in a town called Abel. Remember that name. He lands in Abel and for some crazy reason, the city of Abel gives him refuge. And he stays there. They hide him. They keep him safe. Verse 15, then they came and besieged him in Abel of Beth Beth-Machal. And they cast up a siege mound against the city and it stood by the rampart. So this is the men of Judah and some other guys and they go to Abel and they siege the city because Sheba is in the city and it's a siege and a siege is an act of war. They cut off communications. They cut off probably the food supply. They probably cut off the water water supply, sometimes what they would do as warfare is they would take diseased animals, sick animals, and they would throw them over the city wall, which would then spread disease amongst the people in the city. They might, they might be starving and willing to eat anything, or just the sickness and the flies and all that would come with disease begin to permeate this city. And it wasn't something just was like, hey, put your hands up, you're under arrest. And they took care of it, threw them in the cop car and went. No, this took a while. This took time, and so it went on and on and on. And can you just imagine how the people of Abel felt? Can you imagine? They're sick, they're hungry, the confusion, the distress in that city. Now, fun fact for you, all of Israel is now with Joab. All this is going on. And again, these guys flipped on Sheba. And the Bible says that all of them began to batter the wall to throw it down. This is an act of war. And a battering ram, what they used to batter down the wall, it could have been a big log. It could have been a big log that a bunch of them came and they began to hit the wall. Some some research showed that they built these intricate, like machine-type things that would... Swing that big log and it would hit the wall or it would hit the door over and over and over. But I find it interesting. It says, and all the people who were with Joab, that's like a lot of people, 12 tribes and all, they were battering down the wall. So a lot of men were coming against this wall. And I can't help but think of the sound. Have you ever had your roof redone and you didn't have to work that day? You know, there's a lot of noise that goes on when you have your, your roof repaired. And that was the noise that I kept thinking, just that constant thud over and over and over again as that battering ram hit the walls. And not only the constant thud of the battering ram hitting the walls, but you start to hear the stone crack and the walls began to tumble. Perhaps they could see a hole in the wall. Perhaps they could sense the feeling that their walls were coming down. And some of you are here today. There are some mamas in the house who feel the full force of the enemy's battering ram. You've been under attack. You've been under siege. There's chaos in your home. There's chaos in your work. The enemy is trying to destroy your business. He's trying to destroy your marriage. And you feel like your supply chain has simply been cut off. The enemy wants to destroy a generation of young people. He's after our kids and our children. Our hope and our potential are under attack and they're being battered regularly by the battering ram of the enemy. Children and families are being torn apart by sin and depression and addiction and suicide and rebellion but the Bible says, while they were battering the wall to bring it down, verse 16, one of my favorite verses, says, then a wise woman. Hmm. Then a wise woman, a prudent woman, a shrewd Woman, an ethical woman cried out from the city. Hear, hear, she said, please say to Joab, come nearby that I may speak with you. And when he had come near to her, the woman said, are you Joab? He answered, I am. Then she said to him, hear the words, of your maidservant. You gotta love a girl who has diplomacy, don't you? You gotta love a girl. I can almost see this woman, she's taking a deep breath. She's mustering up all the courage and the strength she has to approach the commander of Israel's army, right? A man's man, a man who has seen war, a man who has seen death, a man who he himself has actually uh, murdered and, he has seen destruction and brutality. And I love this wise woman because she has some discretion. She has some grace about her and she identifies herself. And you know what she says? I am a mother in Israel. I am a mother in Israel. And if nobody else is going to stand up to this siege on my family, on my home, on my city, then I... You see, there's some power being a mother. There's some power in it. You see, I wear strength and I wear dignity like a garment. I open my mouth and I speak wisdom. I teach my children diligently and I look well to the way of my household. I'm not lazy. My children rise up and call me blessed and my husband gives me praise. These children that you are seeking to destroy are my heritage from the Lord. I will speak Jesus over my family. I will say no more addiction. I will say no more depression. Every stronghold broken in the name of Jesus because I am a wise woman. And I am a mother in Israel. Why do you want to destroy this city? Why do you want to destroy this city? This is a city of answers, she says. Verse 18, so she spoke saying, they used to talk in former times saying, they shall surely seek guidance Abel and so they would in disputes. This wise woman was talking to Joab and she said, Do you understand, sir, that people come here to this city? They come here to this church, they come here to my house. They meet me for coffee to talk as a mother in Israel. They come with problems and they find solutions. They come here with fear and they find faith, with anxiety and there's peace. They come with depression and they find joy. People bound with addiction are set free. This is where I live. That's what she's saying, that's where I live. It's my house. This is my church. This is my city. Verse 19, she goes on and says, I am among the peaceful and the faithful in Israel. It's me. I'm faithful. I'm faithful in prayer. I'm faithful to God's word. I am faithful to my husband, my children. I'm faithful to my church. Not only that, but I'm peaceable. As a wise woman, I am a peacemaker. I'm not easily agitated. I don't lose my marbles over every little this and that. I'm not angry at everybody and everything. I am a peacemaker. I am peaceable, but Joab, I have to ask you this question. Why would you want to swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? She's asking him, why would you want to do this? And Joab answered and said, far be it. Far be it from me that I should want to swallow up and destroy. That's that's just not so. In other words, he says, I don't have anything against you. I don't have anything against your kids. I don't have anything against your city. But there's a man from the mountains of Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bickery by name has raised his hand against the king, against David. And he's saying to this wise woman, and he is in your city. That troublemaker, yeah. that rebel, yeah. you have allowed him, you have allowed rebellion. You have allowed trouble to enter into your city. And I'm here to tell you today that God, the King, if you will, is after any city. Sin, any rebellion, anything that's not of him that has taken refuge in your heart or in your home or in your city. Matthew Henry says it like this every man's breast is a city enclosed, every sin is a traitor that lurketh within those walls. That's what rebellion is. That's what sin is. And Psalm tells us, if I regard iniquity, if I regard sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If I hold on to these things in my life, the Lord will not hear. If I let it in my heart, if I let it take up residence in my heart, if I let it dwell in my heart. Let me ask you, mom, dad, boy, girl, are your prayers going unanswered? Are your problems unresolved? Are your issues unsolved? Then search your heart. Search high, search low. Look in every nook, look in every cranny. And if there is something hiding there, if there is something that's taken refuge there, then get it out, do whatever it takes, repent, identify it. Joab did, he identified that there was a man in the city and he says to her, deliver him only, deliver him, deliver the traitor, deliver just that rebellion, deliver it. And I will depart from the city, the siege will end. The sound will stop. The battering rams will cease. Deliver that rebel and I will depart from the city. So the woman said to Joab, are you ready for this? The woman said to Joab, that wise woman, that discreet woman, that maid servant, that woman said, watch, his head will be thrown over the wall. She is saying, I'm going to deal with that rebellion. I will deal with that know it all attitude. I won't ignore the direction in which the spirit of God is leading me and is leading my family. I'll turn off that TV show. I'll put that glass down. I'll social media, I will cut off the head and I will throw it. Dealing with some souls here today. You're being besieged by conviction. Some of y'all came to church because your mom asked you to. Good for you that you honored her and showed up today. But there's conviction, and that's from the Holy Spirit. You sense something even now. Know this that pride is the trouble, lust is the rebel. And sin is the traitor. Verse 22 says this Then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of (laughs) Bickery. I told you, you're getting cake pops after (laughs) church. Okay, all right, just for a second. I just had a vision, that little pop. It's like a head. So if I go out in the, in the parking lot and these women are like throwing their cake pops, we're gonna know you're just reenacting the story. Whew, goodness sake. They threw it out to Joab. Then he blew the trumpet. And they withdrew from the city, every man to his tent. And Joab returned to the king at Jerusalem. He returned to the king. And I'm here to tell you today, the king is your answer. The king is the answer. His name is Jesus. Thanks again for joining us today. If you desire to grow deeper in your faith, we want to help you. Text the word GROW to 419-495-6802. To check out all of our upcoming events, head over to limafirst.church and click the events tab. Lastly, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future messages. Be blessed.